listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Dak Prescott says he wants to play, but says it's not fully his decision. And since he said that, that was at 1.51 p.m., so a little over an hour ago, the line has gone haywire, and now... The Cowboys. So before that, then before this statement that it's not, I want to play, but it's not my decision. The market hadn't really moved on any rumors or anything. No, the the opener was Cowboys minus two and a half. It was then down to minus one and a half, like immediately. So it had nothing to do with Dak injury potential. Or whatever. This news comes out, and since it's come out, it's gone from minus one and a half Cowboys to minus two and a half Vikings. Yeah. So the better. Yeah. So Dallas is now a two and a half point underdog. Don't want to switch who the perspective on the team. So Dallas was favored by one and a half. Then Dallas now is two and a half point underdog. That was funny when Fezzik came in last week. He goes, AJ. And he was starting telling you how you couldn't switch perspectives. Fezzik usually doesn't, you know, he's listening to the show driving. He usually doesn't like mentor people. Should I feel lucky? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> you tell me eventually. We'll see. <laughs> this would be kind of the game show music. Like, we can start doing this when you're deciding on, like... And do you want to talk about the Little League World Series from 1963 <laughs> or Thursday Night Football? So you don't feel like uh, Cowboys favored by one and a half. After this news, the Vikings now favored by two and a half. That doesn't work, huh? What do you think? I mean, I think the fact that you're playing this music tells me probably <laughs> not. Okay. <laughs> this is a big move. How much is Dak worth? Uh, he's worth as much as anyone in the league at this point simply because of the backup situation. Whereas you would make, I don't know if it's Dominic DiNucci, uh, a.k.a., what's his real name? Dominic DiNucci. Yeah, Ben, that's the son of Dominic, I think, allegedly. (laughs) But the, the reality is that there's not a great backup group in Dallas or single quarter quarterback when it comes to backing up Dak. And obviously last year, uh, the red water pistol is no even no because he would be a better backup. Oh, much. Andy Dalton, but he's obviously no longer with the team. Yeah, Cooper Rush, the listed backup on the depth chart. I thought he was a receiver. Nope, he's actually a Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is, and Cooper Cup might be a better quarterback than Cooper Rush, to be honest. Uh, Fezzik, so? his quarterback rankings have. Cooper Rush, a six and a half point downgrade from Dak Prescott. And I'm guessing if you look through there, there's going to be six and a half. I think that's a little less than it should be. I think it's probably seven, seven and a half. And the best quarterbacks in the league. Now, in history, the biggest downgrade we've seen has been Aaron Rodgers in his prime prime. And the line moved. And we actually had a example where the line opened up with the thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to play and then he got hurt during the game that was happening in the interim and the line moved 10 points the the only quarterbacks he makes a bigger downgrade Mahomes to Henney he has as seven and a half points Rodgers to Jordan Love seven and a half points Brady to Ryan Griffin seven and a half points Mm -hmm. so I would say that Dak's probably just as high there um, I tend to agree with you. I'd make the case that Aaron Rodgers, uh, at this point, is probably a little less than that, especially with the first-round pick behind him, who looked pretty decent in the preseason. Now, the odds of – it's always interesting to say, are we looking at one game or are we looking at a season? Because there's certain quarterbacks that you think, hey, this guy can run. You know, look at the Rams, what they did last year when they weren't happy with Goff. I can't remember the fellow's name, but it was a quarterback that was a running quarterback, hadn't really been in the league – you, anyone remember? 
No. Might take a pull that up, Mackenzie. But the uh, we go ahead. Oh, the reality was that for a short period of time, a running quarterback can do well. Uh, typically, it's hard to maintain that over a season. It's going to be very difficult to maintain. I think that there's a situation here with Dak that the fact that the line's moving about four points. Now, when it goes through Pickham, it's a little different. It's a little less important. So let's call it a three-and-a-half-point effective move. Now, that would tell us, if Dak's worth about a touchdown, that there's a 50-50 chance that Dak's going to play. Now, I don't know if that's exactly right, but let's think about the math of that, or at least the logic of that for a second. If I say, here's $10, I'm going to flip a coin. If it's heads, I'm going to give it to you for free. If it's tails, I'm going to buy myself an ice cream sundae with it and give you nothing. Okay? How much is that opportunity worth to you? $10. So it's $10 to win it half the time. Sure. Hmm, let's do that right now. All right, I'll flip a coin. You give me 10 bucks. Oh, I thought you were going to give 10 bucks. I can't even eat ice cream. I'm on a diet. I thought that's how this was working. No, no. <laughs> Is this you really not following it or trying to be funny? No, you said if you flip the coin and you were going to say, if I win, you'll give me $10. And if you win, you're going to keep it for yourself, right? Now, we actually have a caller. We usually don't take calls at this point. And it's a caller talking to... Age about AJ's uh, performance. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of callers. Why did we let on so many callers at once? <laughs> no, that that was uh, they do like it's almost like closed circuit viewing. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I haven't done this for a while. I'm gonna turn off AJ's mic. Okay. Try to talk. See? Okay. So I'm gonna explain it uninterrupted now. AJ's mic is shut off. Now, it'll have to be turned on when he has to do his read, but we'll wait till then. All right. Is if there's half a chance to win 10 bucks, it's worth $5, right? So if there's half a chance of Dak being out, it would be worth about half of what it is if he's out. If he's out, it's about seven points. So now the line's moving effectively three and a half on the rumor of Dak being out or the possibility. What does that mean? That means there's probably about a 50% chance is one way to look at it. I think there's another way to look at it, which is you could make the case that Dak won't be 100% no matter what. And that some adjustment is going to be warranted regardless. So I say his chance of playing is far better than 50%, but I think the chance of him being 100% is not good at all. So this is, I think, a nod to that. We, we can't know exactly what is the source of this move. It could be people were looking to play Minnesota anyway, and they thought, oh, here's the time to do it because it's not going to get any better for us. Usually when there's news that favors one team, is the movement can be a little bigger than you'd expect because a lot of people that were, was waiting to play that team acts quickly. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. How much have you upgraded, A.J., the Dallas Cowboys? Significantly. Probably my biggest upgrade of the season. So of all the teams coming in, Dallas has surprised you the most. Yes. And how much of that is driven by the offense? How much of the defense? Now, this is kind of a trick question because perception-wise, what would you say the perception is? 
I think most people would say the perception is about 60-40 defense. My guess yesterday was 50-50 because the offense has gotten so much better running the football, but I, I think that the defense has improved quite a bit. Yeah, and, and, and that's certainly the perception. Now, one of the things we do, and McKenzie heads this up, pregame.com research, is we look at the projected score of a game. And you can impute any game to a final score before the game starts. So let's do it for the Packers and Cardinals tonight. The line for the total, the over-under, is 50. So that's the total number of points expected. The line is six Arizona favored. So what you do is you subtract six from 50, and that's 44. Then you divide by two, that's 22 each, and then you add six back in for the favor. So the projected final here, now this doesn't consider key numbers, right? Like 22 points doesn't happen much, but it's 28-22. Okay, that is what Vegas is saying they expect the score to be near. Because otherwise, one team's going to win by a lot more or win by a lot less or lose, and or there could be a lot more points or less points, but that's going to be a variation from expectation. Well, if you look at the Dallas Cowboys throughout the year, we can figure out how many points they were expected to score every game, how many points they did, and we can look at how many points the opponent was supposed to score which is about Dallas's defense and how many they did. And surprisingly, Dallas this year, they've exceeded expectation by nearly nine points a game. So they've whatever the line is, nine points per game, they've done better. The only team better than that is Arizona this year and Buffalo. So and Buffalo had some real blowouts, obviously, against bad teams. Mm-hmm. But those are the teams that's got some of the biggest margin. And actually looking at it, Cincinnati is right there too. Okay. But here's the surprise. Dallas has exceeded expectations on defense by only about one point. On offense, by seven and a half. So this Dallas team, yeah, the defense hasn't disappointed, but the offense has been about a touchdown plus better than expected. That's over the course of the year. And with Dak limited, likely, this line move makes sense. To repeat, Dallas was a small favorite. Now they're a small underdog. As AJ would say, Dallas was a two-and-a-half point favorite. Then they became a one-and-a-half point favorite. But now Minnesota is a two-and-a-half point favorite. Is that a fair way to say it? That is a fair way to say it. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. We had a little disagreement before this uh, in the commercial. You were saying that you felt like the hypothetical, <laughs> I don't deal in hypotheticals. The hypothetical, hey, if the Cardinals lose, everyone's going to think they're frauds. But if they win, everyone's going to say you should have won because Green Bay so hurt. Make your case. I think that if the Car- if the Cardinals beat the Packers tonight, we say, oh, they beat the Packers, but the Packers were missing their top three wide receivers. They were missing their defensive coordinator. It's easy to make excuses for the Packers right now. If the Cardinals lose, 
it's not like they lost to the Packers. They lost to the Packers who were missing their top three wide receivers, who were missing their defensive coordinator. It, it, it makes that loss feel less palatable to me. Okay. So agree that if the line was three and a half and they lose, it'd be, oh, you lost as a three and a half point favorite. Now the line's six, six and a half or so. If you lose then, it's going to be, hey, you lost to a six and a half as a six and a half point favorite. Yeah, there is a three point adjustment for the absences. But apparently what I've learned this season is when someone has a pet team like the Buffalo Bills and you, for example, for some reason. Last year, Matty Holt's pet team was Buffalo. I don't know why this happens, but okay. They ended up being pretty good. Yeah, I know. But (laughs) when they lose Buffalo this year, Pittsburgh they lost to by like a touchdown. And the response was, oh, no, they should have won that game. So somehow it's like, let's dig into the box score put one eye closed, stand on one foot, and look at a certain angle, and maybe we can see the game differently than the actual final score. Or when they lost against Tennessee, it was, oh, they were one play away from winning. So when do losses count and when don't they? Because it seems like to me Arizona is the only team that doesn't have a loss, and thus if they lose, no matter what happens, they can make an excuse. So losses always count, but when we're talking well, apparently about— apparently Buffaloes don't. Well, if we're talking about projecting the future, we have yeah. to we have to at but least what else say— what could we be talking about? Then we have to at least look at the past and say, okay, this this final—like just saying it's a, a there's a, a win column and a mm-hmm. loss column— That doesn't tell you enough. Well, but that's interesting because when you were saying how you didn't like a certain coach before the season started, you said, well, he hasn't even won 500% or 50% of his games. He's a losing coach. How could he be good? So I thought winning and losing— I said, how could he be a top 10 coach? And I stand by that. So so what you're saying is winning and losing doesn't tell the whole story, but it tells the story when it's convenient. Listen, the guys who are hiring and firing coaches, they don't care about the point spread. We do. Do we not? Point spread? What, well, what's that's got to do with the point spread? Well, isn't that what we spend a lot of our time doing, trying yeah. to figure out point spreads? No, I think the point spread is, well, yes, but the point spread is just another way of saying expectation. About half of our audience doesn't bet because they understand and they're very intelligent about it that the expectation tonight is for Arizona to win by six. If they win by 10, they've exceeded expectation. If they lose, they've fallen short of expectation. And thus, yeah, that helps frame the conversation but in, and I agree with you. In general, people overreact to wins and losses. But I don't think owners who fire uh, coaches typically are dumb when it comes to things like that. But Andy Reid was four and twelve against the spread last year. I don't think anybody was sitting up in, in the uh, Chiefs' offices going, "Oh, we just keep not meeting expectations." Of course not. Okay, so we're in agreement then. I'm confused. Somehow you brought point spreads into it when I didn't. I never mentioned point spreads. So, like, let's get back to the well, idea. Well, you did say you said a three and a half point favorite versus six and a half point yeah. favorite, a loss. And the point spread was saying that's a way to gauge how big of a loss it was. I wasn't saying do you cover or don't cover. That's how owners make decisions. But let's try to. I, you like to bring topics to other places. Let's try to like bring it back to the topic at hand. Is why would Arizona be penalized any more? than any other team that's lost this year because every team's lost, but all the good teams have an excuse. Wouldn't Arizona get an excuse? Or does this have to do about the fact that Arizona wasn't supposed to be near this good? Everyone's befuddled about it. And thus, whenever there's going to be a counterfactual, whenever something goes against this, we're going to point and say, there's the truth. Sure. 
And, you, and that's faulty. Well, you've talked about how much you you value last year's data as we get into this year. Like there right, should so, be. So let me be clear. What I talk about is the priors, which is if we only have six, seven, eight games to assess, those aren't enough games. Because under that theory, if it were, the Jets would be thinking about drafting another quarterback right now. And so would a lot of teams. But maybe the, the Jets should be. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, now, yeah, but it's not contradicting my point. But maybe if they are, it would be about the prior um, – uh, it would be about them having doubts about him to start with. I guess the question is, if you're, if you're sure about someone's character or sure about some quality of theirs – the if they do so, if you know someone for 10 years and they're a good person and then for a couple of days they're acting less than good are you thinking they've changed as a person or are you thinking you know there must be some reason for this some aberration now the flip side is when you don't have a long history it's hard to know anything about people about teams and thus with seven games in a season we don't know that much about any of these teams even Arizona that's undefeated or even a, a, a Detroit team now we know Arizona is probably better than Detroit but we don't know a lot more than that so what you got to believe in is what happened before the priors and and now what formula do you use for that it's a mystery. If anyone knew, that would be the way to beat the point spread for sure, and thus the point spread would account for that eventually. That's the thing. Once something's solved, there's no edge to it. So you talk about all this stuff, it gets back to bias and trying to avoid bias. And my question to you again is, why wouldn't Arizona get the chance to just dismiss one of these games? Because seemingly every other team, especially your favorite teams, get to do that. I think they could, but I think that it would be more difficult given the fact that they this wasn't a loss to a full-strength Packers team. But how good is this full-strength Packers team? They're six points worse in Arizona. How good were the Steelers against Buffalo in week one? Well, they were better. But, but but how good were they based on expectation coming in? Oh, they were seven points worse. Six points so worse. So Buffalo's loss was well, – it was six and a half or so. So yeah. Buffalo's loss was worse. Yes. But somehow Arizona would get more heat. But Buffalo was in the AFC Championship last year, so those priors tell us that we believe Buffalo is real. Arizona last year was not good. So everything we've seen this year, there is – I mean, it's just human nature to have that doubt in your head saying, oh, I just don't know if this is – because this isn't what we've seen from Kingsbury, what we haven't seen from Murray. This is all new to them. This is a good example of if you keep – in poker, they talk about uh, second-level thinking, third-level thinking. So what's an example of that? Is if I have aces, if I'm strong, second-level thinking is I want to act weak. And if I act weak, people are going to think I'm weak. So now I look at my aces and I go, ah, I almost throw them in. I go, you know, I'll give it one try. And you splash the pot. And then the flop comes and it's deuce, seven, nine. So it's a real good flop for aces. So now they bet and check, and you go, ah, you know, just one time I'm going to bet. Okay, so that's second-level thinking. Third-level thinking is, well, wait a minute. Everyone knows if you act weak, you're probably strong. So I'm going to act strong so they think I'm weak, okay? That's viable, and they do that sometimes in poker. But then there's fourth-level thinking. Oh, you're losing me. Now, but, that, <laughs> but that's the whole point. 
is once fourth level thinking is the same as second level thinking. Because <laughs> what would you do then? You're going to act weak. Right. But I'm not acting weak because I think it's going to fool them. I'm going to act weak because they know I wouldn't act weak. And thus, if I was really strong, I'd act strong. So if I'm acting weak, it means I'm actually weak. <laughs> Right? Okay. Do, do so five. what I'm saying is, <laughs> well, it's the same thing. Just keep going. Is what I'm saying is that you're right. The priors actually matter more than people think. But you, for most people, the priors work or are applicable. They matter for the wrong reason. Because they think, I had a bias coming in. Coming in the season, most of us are going to think last year is the truth. And thus, this team stinks and this team's good. Right? Miami's almost a playoff team. Arizona finished the year two and seven or whatever. Okay, but in truth, that's the wrong way to think about it. A lot of things change. but So it's not about the bias, but what it's about is looking at the stats, digging in and figuring out how good teams actually are, and then understanding only a handful of games this year ain't going to make the difference. It ain't going to make the difference compared to last year. Thus, is Kansas City really a bad team? No, they looked bad for a while now. Now, are they as good as last year? No. And thus, it's very interesting that oftentimes, and this is the final point, that people who are square come to the same conclusion as people who are sharp just for different reasons, like second level or fourth level thinking. Eventually, they just meet up. But if you are on the sharp or the square side, it doesn't matter how you got there. It's the wrong side. Because square equals public likes it equals expensive. So imagine if you figured out that there's a house in a certain neighborhood and that neighborhood is got this special school that's going to open up in two years. It's going to make all the property value go up 50%. Now you've got this really intelligent reason for that. You understand why that school is going to be or why that property is going to go up. But then there's a YouTube star that opens up and uh, a YouTube a YouTube star that is uh, moves into the neighborhood and all of a sudden everyone's like, well, this Luke Perry or whatever the guy's name is, the house's values go up because everyone wants to live next to this famous person. It's like it's the same reasons or it's different reasons, but it's the same result is the place, the value goes up. And to me, you might think, well, they, they're doing it for the wrong reason. And it's like, it doesn't matter. The house is now expensive. So in general, stay away from the public. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.